Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. I am so glad that you are here. I'm thankful for every listener for The Real Deal podcast. I call you real dealers out there. I'm really grateful because today's a little different. What I'm going to do today is just talk to you. Yeah, you. Today, what I'd like to do is just address a few things, and I'm calling it potpourri because it's just a bunch of different things, and I have the privilege of getting to mentor some young moms, getting to hang out with some younger gals, and oftentimes they ask me questions. This isn't about question and answer, me giving advice, but I've got a life of experience, little older than they are, and I'd like to pass on some things to them. And so just the other day, I had a call, and one of my mentee gal pals said, we got to meet soon, but I just want to run some things by you. And as she was talking, I started making a list of other things like this that I'd like to share with you, potpourri of sorts. So one of the things that I wanted to address was the fact that we are who we are, and we don't need to be anybody else. One of the questions she was asking was whether she should override some of those things that she knows. She's a person who's more scheduled. She's a person who wants to know in advance when the play date will be or that somebody's stopping by. She'd like to know the duration of their visit. None of that is wrong. She was wondering if she needed to grow in spontaneity. Somebody else who's super spontaneous and all they ever do is fly by the seat of their pants may need a little scheduling. We know that to be true. But what I didn't want her to do was override the way God made her and try to swing the pendulum all the way over somewhere else to where she doesn't even recognize herself. So those are some boundaries. And I said, that's really just the work of the Holy Spirit. You need to say, Holy Spirit, guide me. I'm going to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Is today a day where I just throw the schedule out the window and we just have the play date longer? Or is today a day I need to buckle down and get some things done? And you keep in step with the Spirit because he made you, he knows you, and Jesus created you to do certain things and he's already preparing those in advance for you to do. So you're kind of walking in the schedule of his day. So as I keep that in mind, I was letting her know just to be her, like don't forget who you are. Don't lose yourself trying to become something else to all people. I reminded her not to be a Messiah complex. Like if I don't meet with them, then they're just going down because she's an amazing person and an amazing person. Everybody kind of wants a little piece of. I warned her not to have a Messiah complex where she thinks she's the only solution for the situation. Or if she doesn't meet with mama A, so to speak, then Mama A is going down. That's not really true. There is a Messiah. There is a God who upholds his kids and all of those things. But what I'd like to say to you right now is I want to read a section of something that I told her I would give to her. It's just a section of this book called How to Ruin Your Life by 40 by Steve Farrar. And what I loved, and I've read this particular section to audiences before, and it's talking about just being who you are. And you don't need to be someone else. And he tells a little tiny story in it, and I'd like to share it with you. And the reason I want to share it is because it talks about certain things that you're gifted to do, certain things that you're wired to do. And I really believe Ephesians 2 and 10 says, we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
which he prepared in advance for us to do them. So Ephesians 2.10 is not uh, lying to you. You're a masterpiece. You've been designed on purpose for a purpose, and it's purposeful to go forward in those things. So I was just talking to her a little bit about it. And in this book by Steve Farrar, he says, find out what you don't like doing and stop doing it. I thought that was so great. So I'm just going to read a little section because he then tells this story in the book. He said, what excites you? What gets you motivated? Whatever it is that gets you excited and motivated, it's because God has hardwired you to do it. Pursue it and go after it. I just uh, did an Instagram reel the other day telling people, go for what you're good at. Do it. Do those things because you're God's masterpiece. So he says this in his book. How to Ruin Your Life by 40. He says this, When my children were small, I read to them a story. The story points to the very thing I'm talking about. Imagine there was a meadow, and in the meadow there was a duck, a fish, an eagle, an owl, a squirrel, and a rabbit. They decided they wanted to have a school so that they could be smart, just like people. With the help of some grown-up animals, they come with a curriculum. They believe will make them well-rounded animals. Running, swimming, tree climbing, jumping, and flying. On the first day of school, little Br'er Rabbit combed his ears, and he went hopping off to running class. There he was a star. He ran to the top of the hill and back as fast as he could. Oh, did it feel good! He said to himself, I can't believe it. At school, I get to do what I'm best at. The instructor said, Rabbit, you really have a talent for running. You have great muscles in your rear legs. With some training, you will get more out of every hop. The rabbit said, I love school. I get to do what I like, and I get to learn to do it even better. The next class was swimming. When rabbit smelled the chlorine, he said, wait, wait, rabbits don't like to swim. The instructor said, well, you may not like it now, but five years from now, you'll know that it was a good thing for you. In tree climbing class, the tree trunk was set at a 30-degree angle so all the animals had a chance to succeed. This little rabbit tried so hard that he hurt his leg. In jumping class, the rabbit got along fine. In flying class, he had a problem. So the teacher gave him a psychological test and discovered he belonged in remedial flying. Just that alone. Okay, I'll keep reading. In remedial flying class, the rabbit had to practice jumping off a cliff. They told him if he'd just work hard enough, he could succeed. The next morning, he went to swimming class. The instructor said, okay, okay, today we jump in the water. Wait, wait, wait. I talked to my parents about swimming. They didn't learn to swim. We don't like to get wet. I'd like to drop this course. The instructor said, you can't drop it. The drop and add period is over. At this point, you have a choice. Either you jump in or you flunk. The rabbit jumped in. He panicked. He went down once. He went down twice. Bubbles came up. The instructor saw he was drowning and pulled him out. The other animals had never seen anything quite as funny as this wet rabbit who looked more and more like a rat without a tail, and so they chirped, and they jumped, and they barked, and they laughed at the rabbit. The rabbit was more humiliated than he had ever been in his life, and he wanted desperately to get out of class that day. 
He was glad when it was over. He thought that he would head home and that his parents would understand and help him. When he arrived, he said to his parents, I don't like school. I just want to be free. If a rabbit is going to get ahead, you have to get a diploma, replied the parents. The rabbit said, I don't want a diploma. The parents said, you're going to get a diploma, whether you want one or not. They argued, and finally the parents made the rabbit go to bed. <laughs> In the morning, the rabbit headed off to school with a slow hop. Then he remembered that the principal had said that any time he had a problem, to remember that the counselor's door is always open. When he arrived at school, he hopped up on the chair by the counselor and said, I don't like school. And the counselor said, mm -hmm. tell me more about it. And the rabbit did. The counselor said, Rabbit, I hear you. I hear you saying that you don't like school because you don't like swimming. I think I have diagnosed that correctly. Rabbit, I'll tell you what. This is what we're going to do. You're doing just fine in running. What you need work on is swimming. I'll arrange it so that you don't have to do any more running, but you can have two periods of swimming. When the rabbit heard that, he just threw up. As the rabbit hopped out of the counselor's office, he looked up and saw his old friend, wise old owl, who cocked his head and said, Br'er rabbit, life doesn't have to be this way. We could have schools and businesses and things where people were allowed to concentrate on what they do well. Br'er rabbit was inspired. He thought when he graduated, he would start a business where rabbits would do nothing but run, squirrels could climb trees, fish could swim, as he disappeared in the meadow, he sighed softly to himself and he said, Oh, what a great place that would be. Steve Farrar, the author of this book, How to Ruin Your Life by Ford, he goes on to talk about your sweet spot. And you know, your sweet spot really is something that you find sometimes over a process of eliminating certain things and experimenting with others. That's really true. But you don't have to worry about what you will find because the truth is God has put certain things in you. And so I just, I've always read that to audiences. I mean, I haven't in a while, but I've read that to young mamas. I've read that to people. I have just told it off the top of my head because the truth is find out what you're not good in and stop doing it. For example, in this podcast, I absolutely love meeting with people. I'm fascinated by people's stories. I love the testimony someone tells. I love that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so when one person tells me a story, I want to get it out there to as many people as possible. That's why I love the podcast. That's why I love when people share the podcast because it has a ripple effect. It's not just me hearing this conversation, but other people, because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If he's done one thing in a marriage, he can do it in another. If he's done something in a health situation, he can do it in another. And we learn that that's part of the testimony, right? But what's interesting to me is that oftentimes we are told that we don't have to do what we're good at and we need to practice those things that we're not good at. I don't know what I would do if I didn't get to do this podcast and meet with people. Today it's really different because I'm just in my Cludio, my closet studio, and I'm here alone. One of the reasons I love the podcast is I get to meet with people. But today it's not unbearable because I do have something I want to talk to you about, kind of a potpourri of different things, but I'm picturing you on the other side, even as I talk about this. I'm picturing those of you who I know listen to The Real Deal, and perhaps even a new listener. 
But this is what I'm good at. My sweet spot is communication and delving into people's lives and praying for them and finding out what we can bring glory to God over and how exciting it is to pass on our stories because God is not a duplicator, but he will replicate miracles. He will do things again. He does things over, not in the exact way, but he does manifest himself in people's lives. So why am I saying this? Because this is the part I love. But my husband, he's so good at the things I'm not. You see, I'm running, he's swimming, so to speak, right? The rabbit just wanted to run and hop and jump. He didn't want to climb trees or swim. Now, Michael, he loves the behind the scenes stuff. He loves working on the audio engineering. He loves cleaning up the sound. He loves getting it equalized and all of those kind of things. He, he's a master at all of the things that are behind the scenes. When we took a team to Israel, he was the one that did the emailing and the spreadsheets and checking to see what was going on with different people and, and notifying them about their passports and all those kind of things. I, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to be there when we all got together so that I could see the people and talk to the people and show them about the different things that we were encountering that day. It was called the encounter tour. This really is a shameless plug. So if you haven't been to Israel, here's my thought. You can come with us to Israel, an encounter tour. I called it the encounter tour, encounter the Holy Land, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter God's holy people, those in the Bible and on the bus. And it, it, it just was amazing. So maybe 2025 is your year. But anyway, I love the part that was in front of the people and at the sites and the locations and all of that. And we are a great team because I let Michael stay in his sweet spot and he allowed me to be in my sweet spot and those complement each other. So listener, honestly, real dealer out there, Find out what you're not good at and stop doing it. Now, we know in many jobs there's things we have to do that aren't maybe our sweet spot, but you don't want those to be all day long. I remember one particular time when I was young married and Michael worked for Domino's Pizza at the time. We lived in the Chicagoland area and for a summer in between teaching, uh, he said, Rachel, why don't you just work and you can be data entry and, and you can work downtown. And so I did. I worked downtown for Domino's Pizza and I went into the Chicagoland area and I remember going there and arriving at the tall, you know, all glass high rise building. And it was kind of glitzy and fun. And I walked in and beautiful atrium, tons of plants, gorgeous. I got to the elevator, took my little place up. And then I walked in. And the thing is, is I needed to like figure out how many pizzas, what time they came in, you know, all these little data type things. And I had to go to a cubicle that was not a cubicle, a room that was way down a, a hallway, turned right. And I sat in there and entered data. Now, some of you out there are like, oh, what a great job that would be. I would absolutely love to do that on my own, by myself, work with numbers, you know, and get my work done. Me? <laughs> no. I was like looking at my watch. When is lunch? Like, when can I get out of here so I can see the people, talk to them about their weekend, find out how the baby shower was for the one friend? You know, the kind of relational stuff that I love. I didn't want to work with numbers. I didn't want to work with a spreadsheet. Bless you if you do. God created you. God made you to do that. He didn't make Rachel to do that. And so I said to Michael, uh, I don't want to keep doing this. I mean, I made decent money. And I said to him, no, I, I don't care if I make really great money doing this. I am not hardwired to do this. My favorite part was lunch and getting ready in the morning because I wore like cute little pencil skirt and cute little heels <laughs> and I would love to do my outfit 
for the day, but I didn't love my day. And so I just want you to know, be you. You are a masterpiece and you get to do the things you get to do. And so in the little story, in the little illustration, I absolutely love the part where the counselor says, hey, you don't have to run anymore. We'll just give you two periods of swimming. And the rabbit just threw up. I mean, pay attention to that. And if you're a mama, pay attention to that in your kids and in their school. And if you're homeschooling, pay attention to what gets them energizing. And if they are go to the um, local school, brick and mortar school, public school, whatever it would be, pay attention to the things they seem to excel in and those that they don't love. It doesn't mean you don't want it well-rounded, but trust me, my report cards were saved by my parents. My little class things were saved by my parents. I went with my sisters and we found our things that my mom gave us from bins and I, and I have these things. And to this day, the things that I'm doing currently are the things that I was good at then. Communication, writing, speaking, chatting with my neighbor. Rachel shares quite a bit in class. Oh yeah. Rachel has lots of friends on the playground. Oh yeah. You know, that's how I'm wired. And so just embrace who God made you. And yes, my mantras don't compare, don't compete, celebrate. And I have a talk on that. And and, and I, it's a movement. It's a celebrate movement for me. I talked about it in my book, Beloved. I really mean it. Celebrate God who made you. Celebrate the things in you that he made. And celebrate those things that are different from you in someone else. Because we're a body. And Christ is the head. And the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. We really are all one together. And it's beautiful when we get to do our own thing, when we stay in our lane, when we're in our sweet spot, and when we soar, or in this case, run or swim. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. So I just wanted to give you that. And I, I also would say that one of the things that helped me when I was a young mom was just my capacity. So maybe this potpourri would be just me to share this one other thing. I had a devotional by Jill Briscoe and it was called the one year book of devotions. And Jill has been on the podcast. I love her. And she's been on the podcast in, I think season one and two and different times. But I just want to talk to you about capacity and what you take on. Because one of my mentees was asking me that, like, should I sign up for this? And do you think it's better for me to just stay home with my kids? Or is it funny that I like to be scheduled? And we're just talking about her own wiring. But I also want to say that you really can't judge another person's schedule or your own against someone else's. You just have to do you. And let me illustrate that point through this devotional. It's just short by Jill Briscoe. It's called Overload. And this really helped me as a young mom. Acts 27, 18 says the next day, a gale force wind continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. That's the scripture. Here's her writing for the day of the devotional. During a storm at sea, the sailors had to lighten the overburdened ship from Acts 27, 14 through 20. Many times we need to lighten our own ships so we don't go under. Jill writes, When I was a small child, my father took my sister and me down to the Liverpool dockyards to see the merchant ships that were bringing us food in the middle of the Blitz during World War II. I noticed a painted water line around the center of each vessel. What's that for? 
I asked my father. That's to show the people loading the ship how much it's made to carry. If they put too much on, the line disappears and the boat will sink. If they put too little inside, they won't be filled full enough to do what it was made to do. Each boat is made by its builder to carry just the right amount. I have often applied that picture to my own life, she writes. God has made me quite a large cargo ship. I can carry a lot, but there is still a water line I need to watch. If I'm not taking anything on for God, I feel a little strangely light and unfulfilled. If, however, I say yes to everything, I'll soon be at the bottom of the sea. Realize that God is your boat builder. He knows who you are and how big your hold is and what he wants you to carry. And the way to fulfillment lies in keeping close enough to hear his still small voice and being obedient. And then she writes, happy sailing. So I wanted to read that to you, partly because it ministers to me, but also it's so true. You know, oftentimes we judge someone else's walk. We judge someone else's family. We judge someone, someone else's life instead of just living our own. And so we'll be like, well, she never signs up for anything. Well, maybe she's got a small boat. Or maybe she said a lot of yeses to something else. And we don't know her story. The next thing could just make her go under. Or conversely, I can't believe all they do. They're always going here and they're always going there and they're taking on this and they're saying yes to that. Well, maybe their vessel is big and they can carry a lot of cargo, so to speak. And so just do your own boat. That is my thought for you today. Live your life. When there's a gale force wind, let your boat sail by the power of the Holy Spirit blowing in your sails and do your life. And when you do, you will know And I also remember reading that devotional by Jill Briscoe and saying, God, I'm just going to pray that each day, or I'm going to ask you in times where I feel overloaded or like I don't have enough to do. What should I do next? Or what's my next step? And so basically I, um, I just wanted to share those few things with you. And if it helps someone on the other end, then I would say, then that's worth it to me because the real deal for me is that God asked me, Rachel, I want to make you fishers of men. And I've shared this with live audiences, but I said, yeah, God, I know we're supposed to fish for men. And he said, but you're using a pole and I need you to use a net. And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, explain to me. It was the internet. And so you see, I could read this devotional. I could say some promises of God. I could open my Bible and share with a mentee, but God urged in my heart for me to do a podcast called the real deal because that would be a net it was the internet and getting things out and so for those of you who are encouraged when you share it with someone else or when you listen again to the next one because I love the real deal it's never the same because not just because the format changes from interview to sometimes live audience to sometimes me just doing these one-on-ones or just one-on-one with you and me but not just the variance of what's going on or the variety I guess I'd say of what's going on But I love it because we're able to share things with another person and it affects more. So you be you, do you. And I just want to close right now with just a few promises of God over you. 
and then I'll close in prayer. So thanks for letting me do this. It's a little bit of a different format, but this is season seven. And so this year, maybe I'll just do some different things. And right now I had some things on my mind. I had some thoughts that I wanted to share. And I just, I thought, well, let me just get in this Cludio and share with you right now. So I want you to know that I carry around this card deck, I guess I'd call it, of promises of God. And I love them because they are awesome for me to just look through and encourage myself. And so I love to just read some promises and I'm just going to pick some randomly and read them with you. This is from Isaiah 46:11. The promises that God will not forget his promise. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Maybe that's for someone out here right now today as you listen to this. You think that God forgot. But what he has said, he brings about. And what he plans, he will do. And so stick with him. You know, I I have a book that I write down some things for my grandson. It was a journal that I picked up. It was called a line or one line a day. And you just write in it every day. And then it's over a five-year period. And so I'm going to give it to my grandson and he can look back. And now I won't have had something to say for every one of the days. But when you look back, he'll see a history of maybe those first five years. And things that happened with me and him or things that just happened to him, things I heard about. Okay, why am I saying about this journal? It's not a plug for this journal. I have no um, benefit for anybody ordering a one line a day journal. But it gives a history. And I even look back at it sometimes and say, oh my word, I wrote down that he rolled over. Or I wrote down that, uh, you know, he was playing and he could say, oh, I wrote down this one the other day. He said, I get you. And I didn't know what that was. He wanted to play the game. I was saying, I get you. And he would run to his uncle. It was really cute. He wanted to do that. I get you kind of thing. So I wrote that down and I will remember. So writing down something about God, writing down something he's spoken to you, writing down a promise of God helps you to gain your history with God. And you can look back at your journals and you can look back. That's one of the reasons why I wrote He Speaks. I want to look back and see what God told me in my time of journaling or in my time of sitting with him. And promises are like that. You look back and you go, God, you are faithful to that promise for me. And I'm so, so grateful. Here's a promise that God will forgive you. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's one more. God will be with you. Joshua 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Maybe on the other end of this microphone today, there's somebody who's going to travel somewhere, charting into new territory, taking off. Maybe you're moving house, going somewhere else in the country or even overseas. I don't know. But God has commanded you to not be worried or scared or freaked out, but be strong and courageous. You don't have to be terrified. You don't have to be discouraged because God will go with you wherever you you go. Somebody may be thinking that God's mad at them. God is not mad at you. It says in Psalm 86, 15, this promise that God is slow to anger. That's the promise. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Last one I will share. This promise is that God will not bring any unnecessary suffering into your life. From Lamentations chapter 3, verse 32 and 33, it says this. 
Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. So maybe for someone that's just a perspective shift. God is not mad at you. God does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. He is not a mean dad. He's a good, good father. And he will not allow any unnecessary suffering into your life. In fact, he rises to show you compassion, it says in Scripture. So thanks for tuning in today. I know this is a different format, but I may do a few more of these. I just want to encourage you that on the other end, I'm picturing you. I'm seeing your faces. Those of you who I know listen and those of you who have never said, hey, by the way, I listen to The Real Deal. You can reach out and let me know. You can let me know I'm a new listener. I would love that. And if you happen to be somebody who plans events, I love to speak to women. So I would love to come to your audience sometime. Just know that I am wired to encourage people. God told me you are an encouragement specialist and a hopeologist, Rachel, and I own both of those. I'm like, well, okay. So I just bless you today. Go be who you are. Find your sweet spot. Do it. Run in your lane because you're God's masterpiece. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this person listening to my voice today. Thank you that you made him or her. Thank you that you know everything about them. Thank you that you rise to show them compassion. Thank you that you keep your promises that you've made in your word for them. Thank you that you're always for them, never against them. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless their ways, Lord. I bless their days and their ways. I bless them in the night season. I bless them as they're making decisions, as they're asking for wisdom, as they're wondering what their life is all about. Lord, help them by trial and error, and then help them by your word to guide them through their lives so that they are doing what you created them to do because you made each one of them on purpose for a purpose. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for my friend who called the other day and just asked me some questions. And as I was thinking and listening to her, I just bless her right now, God. And I pray that anything I answered today or anything that I spoke to today, if it's from you, would you bless it, God, in Jesus' name? And if it's just from Rachel, would you erase it from people's minds? Just erase it from their minds and that they wouldn't have no recollection of anything other than what was the real deal and what was true. So thank you, Lord, for this time to just share like shot in the arm encouragement for people or a potpourri of thoughts of mine. God, I'm grateful. And I I just want to close the way my dad prayed a few years ago on The Real Deal. So Lord, we ask for all the people listening. We ask that you would help us to be the best we can be and we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Just go be The Real Deal. Grateful for you. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me. Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.